Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you live on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Mick Gieber. Great to be with you today. Uh, big day because the holiday season of uh, Premier League football is uh, finally over. So we're going to take a look at how those results went. And if you placed a bet based on any of my recommendations, we'll take a look and see how you did. And uh, <clears throat> Well, let's just leave it right there, shall we? Uh, let's also talk about the upcoming uh, FA Cup and the League Cup. The League Cup semifinals uh, midweek here, Arsenal-Liverpool. And we also have the FA Cup uh, happening this weekend. Lots of matches coming up. The silly season in effect. The window wide open. Already Everton making some moves. Let's talk about some of the other moves that are percolating out there. Lots to get to today. As always, really, in the world of football. A happy 2022, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful, productive, healthy, and profitable year. Uh, you get to spend lots of time with your loved ones and really have a great time. Let's put the nightmare of the last few years behind us. I'm hoping this is the last year we will be talking about COVID uh, because it is playing havoc with our beloved sports and the lives of those people that we love. Uh, of course, not necessarily in that order of priority, I have to say. Uh, all right, so there is a lot to talk about. I would love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Uh, those are the best places to reach me. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And I'm with you here each and every weeknight, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast, if you're listening on Sports Overnight America. Also, I'd like to welcome to the show all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. It is really great to have you with me, uh, and I hope that 2022 is a year of peace and uh an end to wars that seem to be uh, never-ending, and um, it's enough now. Enough already, right? We all agree. Let's focus in on sport and football and all the great things happening because we do have a World Cup year this year, as weird as it is. Let's talk about Gianni Infantino, by the way, doubling down on his silly, silly plans for the World Cup. So much to get to today. i got to take a break. I'll be right back after this. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized All what right, you got. Alright, so welcome do. back. World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Nick Eber with you. This is the part of the show that sometimes gets a little awkward because I go back over the picks that I gave you for the uh, last week, in this case, the midweek. New Year's fixtures in the Premier League, and we look and see how I did 
based on uh, my recommendations, and of course, uh, some of those were based on the uh, odds courtesy of betonline.ag. So if you bet on sports, folks, there is no better place to go than betonline.ag. They are really the experts in this field. They've been around a long time. They are really the place that I have actually been using uh, since I've been betting on sports, which has been a long time. But by the way, I, I do want to point out, I really... I, I'm not a massive sports better in terms of dollars, but I enjoy it in terms of frequency because it's a lot of fun. Bet online, though, they have you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's gridiron. It's continuing its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So go over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your. welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. Plus, of course, they have all the Premier League football, the uh, FIFA football, the UEFA football, uh, MLS. You name it, they've got it all right there at Ben Online. They've also got basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, all the way to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait to take advantage of all of the incredible offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the incredible new offers. It's where the game starts. So I gave you a bunch of picks uh, over the weekend. Well, excuse me. Uh, it's funny how kind of time takes on, morphs into a whole new different sort of way when you have this weird holiday week and you have midweek matches. It clearly wasn't the weekend. Uh, it was the midweek matches. I gave you picks for Saturday, Sunday, Monday the 3rd. Then I gave you, uh, those were the ones that we did. So let's take a look, shall we? Um, Saturday, I said take uh, Manchester City over Arsenal, and I said it was going to be 3-0, right? It was actually 2-1. So, hey, I got one right. And that was uh, minus 190. So I actually pointed out that that was some incredibly good value on that particular match because anytime you're getting Man City at uh, minus 190, uh, it's a pretty good good bet. Uh, Watford-Tottenham, I said take Tottenham. Um... And I said take Tottenham 2-1. It was actually Tottenham 1-0, but that's okay. That's plus one. That's plus one. And then Crystal Palace West Ham, I said that was going to be a draw. Uh, I can tell you that was not a draw. That was 3-2 West Ham, so I got that one wrong. On Sunday, uh, Brentford Villa, I said take Aston Villa. And you know they lost, actually, to Brentford. That was a bit of a shocker, but great result for Brentford, by the way. Everton-Brighton. I said take a draw. Everton actually lost that match. We're going to talk about Everton a bit today. Leeds-Burnley, I said take a draw. Leeds actually won that match. And Chelsea-Liverpool, I said take uh, Liverpool and Chelsea won. Now, I do th- <laughs> that means I was 0 for 4 on sa- on Sunday. I was uh, 2 right, one. I was uh, 2 for 1 on Saturday. Pretty crappy set of results. And on Monday, Man United Wolves, I said take a United, and uh, they actually lost. So, folks, I apologize. I gave you two out of eight, and that is possibly my worst week ever in um, picks, prognostications, and general overall punditry. So, I will um, 
do a mea culpa to tell you that I will do better next time. Uh, and go with my instinct, you know, because my instinct said, if you if you remember, I said, oh, you know, take Liverpool because I, um, you know, I'm a Liverpool supporter and I'm pretty sure they're going to win this. But generally, these type of matches ends in, end in a draw. Well, that's exactly what happened. But still, that would have only given me three out of eight, which is also pretty god awful. So anyway, um, my apologies about my my really really bad picks. Uh, so, tons going on in the world of football because the transfer window is open. We've already seen... <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. Some early allergies. We've already seen Everton uh, kick it off with a signing, signing Nathan Patterson from Rangers uh, for a five-and-a-half-year deal. Now, this is a very, very young right-back. He's uh, kind of in this this wave of Scottish uh, outside backs that are uh, sort of coming up through the ranks. Uh, he is, uh, they sold him uh, for 10 million pounds plus add-ons, which is a uh, uh, good money for Rangers. They did actually sign Vitaly Michalenko earlier on as well. Um, he's a left back. So they have a new left back and a new right back. And I think if you look at the tables, you'll understand why. Uh, Everton have two big problems right now. Uh, they are leaking goals. They have conceded more goals than any other team in the top 15. And they're not scoring enough. So a couple of, right, a couple of outside backs that are able to you know, squeeze in, help them defensively, and also provide them more of link-up play going forward that is exactly what they need. So strategically, tactically, Rafa Benitez making some very interesting moves. Now, what does this also tell me? This also tells me that Everton is backing Benitez. And they have a huge match coming up on the 11th, by the way, at home against Leicester City. It tells me Everton is backing Benitez, which I think is a good thing. Um... Because the last thing you want to do is to kind of go through this porpoising of, you know, getting rid of managers, signing managers, new managers, old managers, new new way of playing, old play, way of playing. Stick with a guy. He's a winner. You know he's a good manager. You know you have a not a great squad. Stick with him. It'll come right. Look at Arsenal. In other news, Newcastle. Looks like they've broken through in their talks with Atletico of assigning Kieran Trippier. Uh, they're going to sign him for $25 million. Uh, that is a – Kieran Trippier is a great defender. It's going to be a very good signing, kind of a marquee signing. On the other hand, Lille have told Newcastle that Sven Botman isn't available. They were talking about a fee of about £30 million. Look, Newcastle are splashing the money. We knew they would do that, right? Um, I told you over the last few weeks that what you really wanted to watch was the situation at St. James's Park because Newcastle United were going to be a really, really interesting study in strategy, really is the right word, to watch as they try to both avoid relegation build a good, solid squad and foundation for the future 
and start to finally compete with some finance behind them in the Premier League. So we're seeing these early moves. Kieran Trippier, obviously at 30 years old, isn't necessarily the longest-term signing they could get. But he is exactly what they need right this second. Because if we talk about teams that defensively are an absolute nightmare, okay? Newcastle United have conceded 42 goals in 19 matches. Just let that sink in for a minute. 42 goals in 19 matches. All right, this is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. We're presented by betonline.ag. When we come back, let's continue the discussion, and we're going to get into Gianni Infantino's lunacy. Don't go anywhere. All right, so welcome back, World Soccer Radio, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Nick Eber with you. I am with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again, midnight Pacific. That's 3 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, we are presented by betonline.ag. Uh, just a reminder, if you miss any part of the show, don't worry, because the podcast is uploaded pretty much as soon as the show is over. So if you miss any of it, it's no problem. Just subscribe to our podcast network. You can find us at our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network, or anywhere you get your podcasts, whether that's uh, Spotify, iTunes, um, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there. Just search World Soccer Radio. You will find it, and I'd love it if you would subscribe. We are talking a bit about what is going on around the Premier League as the transfer window is open. And there are some interesting noises being made out in the transfer market. By the way, um, some of the early noises were Kylian Mbappe saying he's leaving PSG at the end of the season and he's headed over to Real Madrid. Now, I have a couple of issues with that. Number one, I thought he was still under contract, so it would be a big signing bonus and a big transfer fee and i'm not sure real madrid have that in their coffer and in fact i'm looking up his contract right now i'll tell you um Oh no, his contract expires in June. So I, I, I will, uh, I will eat my words there. According to this, his contract expires June 2022, and he has said then at the end of this season he's gonzo. And that is interesting because if you remember, I have been saying that at the end of 2022, the World Cup will have concluded in Qatar. And the Qataris are the primary owners of PSG. They bought PSG uh, for a lot of reasons, but, you know, it was an integral part also in their uh, strategy to land the World Cup, which they did. With the World Cup over and PSG not likely to win the Champions League this year again, and continuing to dominate in a, you know, tertiary league that, quite frankly, very few people outside of the football world really care about in terms of Ligue 1, and of course, people in France, by the way. I mean, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to disrespect uh, the French whatsoever. But Ligue 1 is not a primary global league. It is a secondary league. 
Well, rumor is now uh, Luis Suarez wants to leave Atletico Madrid when his contract expires, which is also in the summer. He's hoping to be reunited with Messi. Um, but he doesn't want to join Messi at PSG. He wants to join Messi at Inter Miami. You know, I was just reading an article about David Lee Roth. I'm going somewhere with this, folks, so bear with me. I was just reading an article about uh, David Lee Roth canceling his Vegas shows, what he's calling his Vegas retirement show, because, you know, for health reasons and COVID, and he canceled all the... He's just retiring. And I thought to myself, you know, of all the people I would want to go see, yeah, David Lee Roth, when he was with Van Halen and for a time there when he had his solo career, he was a legend of, you know, hard rock or pop hard rock or whatever you want to call Van Halen slash David Lee Roth. But, you know, as a 67-year-old man, he can't sing anymore. He's not that entertaining. And I would choose to spend my entertainment dollars a lot of other places, despite the fact, by the way, that his shows were sold out. So I'm going to give, you know, I'm going to point that to you. On the same line, you know, Luis Suarez is 34 years old. Lionel Messi's, you know, about the same age. I'm I'm just not that interested in them anymore. And, and the fact that they would look to Major League Soccer as their pasture by which to head out to retirement makes it even wholly more wholly uninteresting to me. Sure, if you're an MLS supporter, it's great. You get to see Messi and Suarez, you know, play, and wow, how great is that? You can say you saw them. I suppose if you were a New York Cosmos supporter, you can talk about how you saw Pele play. Which is true, by the way. Although, a little different back then. Yes, Pele was certainly longer in the tooth, but you have to remember, when Pele played for the Cosmos, it was a different global landscape. He hadn't played for any club teams outside of Brazil. He was known really for his, obviously, the World Cups and, you know, the Pele story and the Pele skill and the panache and the flair and all, all the things that you loved about Pele. But this was an opportunity to see him play competitive football where, where most people hadn't even seen him play club football. This is not the case with a Suarez and a Messi where, you know, if you've been watching, if you've been alive over the last 20 years or 15 years, you will have seen them play numerous times for their club teams, whether it was uh, Liverpool or Barcelona or whatever. A totally different thing. And so the, 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 the Suarez and Messi that you're seeing is like watching one of these Mayweather bouts. You know, totally uninteresting and well past its time. 
for me personally, I, it, it's of little or no interest, to be honest with you. And um, and this is the problem I have with Major League Soccer. It is, for me, entirely uninteresting and uncompelling. And look, the football might be okay. Uh, and again, if you have a team that you're really that you're into, God bless you. I, I'm in no way insulting or denigrating the team you follow. There are people that I love dearly that follow teams in the championship and and the first uh, first division and uh, the second division, the League One and League Two, etc., etc. And people love teams in Scotland and and the Dutch Eredivisie. And so, I mean, it's all fine. You certainly uh, should support whoever you want, but I'm just saying that. It, Sort of retirement home push and pull and interest is just not there for me. The days of Pele are, are far behind us. A guy that only played his club football in Brazil. People hadn't seen him ever play club football. They'd only ever seen him on those few matches that they could have seen uh, back when it was three networks on the television. And you would see the World Cup usually in highlights and not even for the whole game. Started to change a bit with Maradona. Of course, Maradona played club football in Europe with Napoli, was very much more a known entity, and of course was playing um, club football, but more importantly, uh, global football with Argentina, uh, you know, during a period of sort of global television outreach with live TV. So again, by that time, a totally different situation. So I don't know how I got on this story, this, this story. Oh, yeah, I was talking about Suarez wanting to join Messi it at, um, at PSG. Eh, not very interesting. Barcelona president Joan Laporta, Juan Laporta, said the club are back as big players when he's talking about the possibility of signing Erling Braut Haaland. From Borussia Dortmund, the Mirror reporting this, and I just kind of roll my eyes, right? I mean, they can't even keep Usama Dembele at the club. They've got dead weight like Coutinho. Although it does seem that they're bringing Morata, Alvaro Morata, from Juve. He's actually owned by Atletico Madrid, but he's out on loan to Juve. So, uh, you know, there's, uh, look, uh, Morata's a great player, don't get me wrong, but, you know, he is um, 29 years old. He is going to be a value buy for them for a very quality player. He is exactly what they need to look for, and that's not Erling Braut Haaland. I don't believe Barcelona could afford Erling Braut Haaland. But you never know. I mean, they're also looking supposedly at Andreas Christensen from Chelsea, whose contract ends over the summer. And speaking of Chelsea, wow, we need to talk about the nonsense around Romelu Lukaku. Had a kind of clear-the-air meeting with Thomas Tuchel. Said he has no plans to leave Chelsea, despite saying he wasn't happy at the club when he was interviewed by all of all people, Sky Italia. Something tells me Romelo Lukaku maybe isn't exactly a rocket science. By the way, Mourinho talking about Lukaku saying, eh, told you so, guy's trouble. 
If Lukaku was playing, would Chelsea have beaten Liverpool? I still don't think so. But there is a huge match coming up, Chelsea versus Man City. By the way, which is not on network TV. Let's talk about that when we come back. This is World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back. World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. Nick Eber with you here on <clears throat> an interesting week of football ahead of us. And, and now usually, as you know, I am uh, complaining at this point <laughs> because of the break in the Premier League schedule. But I'm going to tell you what we got scheduled this week. Wednesday, we've got the first of the League Cup semifinals. This is Stamford Bridge, Chelsea playing Tottenham. Thursday, we have the second of the League Cup semifinals. This one at the Emirates as Arsenal will host Liverpool. And then Friday, we start in with the FA Cup with Swindon Man City. And then Saturday, we get into what is a full schedule of FA Cup action uh, going through a Sunday. And uh, we get a break. Well, actually, Monday, we get United Villa. And by the way, the African Cup of Nations starts up on Monday. And then on Tuesday, January 11th, we jump right back into the Premier League, which we have matches in the Premier League Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, we start with the reverse fixtures of the League Cup. Uh, <laughs> Friday, same thing. Uh, it's pretty awesome, by the way. And then we get into a full weekend of Premier League fixtures again. And the reason that it is the way it is, obviously, is because we have had so many cancelled matches that they have to start making them up somewhere. And this is where it happens. So even though I would normally be moaning and whining and complaining about the fact that the Premier League is breaking for the weekend uh, and for the week, uh, in fact, I'm not. So let's start, shall we? And I'm going to give you my picks here very quickly because I want to get on to this other discussion. Um, and I'm not going, by the way, I'm not going to give you my FA Cup picks for the weekend. We're going to leave that until later on in the week when I do my patented pundits show you, you you know which one i'm talking about the one we all love and love the most popular show on this uh, particular of this particular um series which is the friday patented pundits previews and prognostications and picks show uh, that is the one that everybody loves um but yeah let's do this i'm just going to print out the odds here uh, as i'm talking guys can you grab this from the printer please for me thank you so that when we look back and say, well, Nick, how did you do? I can be honest with you and not lie. <laughs> so, all right, let's start with the League Cup game. Uh, that is happening tomorrow. That is at Stamford Bridges, Chelsea Tottenham. Now, Chelsea big favorites here at minus 105. Tottenham long shots at plus 300. The draw is plus 250. Remember, this is now we're back to the two-legged semifinal ties. Um, Chelsea are big favorites to advance at minus 150. And I believe Chelsea will advance over Tottenham. So I'm going to take both Chelsea at home 
at minus 105, and I'm going to take Chelsea to advance at minus 150. The next match on Thursday is one of real interest because this is at the Emirates, Arsenal-Liverpool. Arsenal, are you ready for this? Big favorites at home. Now, Nick, why are Arsenal such big favorites at home, you ask? Well, very, very simply, Sadeo Mane and Mo Salah are at the African Cup of Nations. So this is uh, not the strongest Liverpool squad you will see. Um, And that is why you're seeing it the way it is. Naby Keita also, I think, is gone. Isn't he? At, uh, isn't he? Uh, I'm wondering if is it Matip? Well, Matt. Oh, yeah. Matip was from Cameroon. Uh, but Naby Keita definitely. Sadeo Mane and Mohamed Salah. I think those are the three. Keita, Saleh, uh, Salah, and Mane are the three Liverpool players that are going to be at the, at, at Afcon. And so that's why Arsenal right now are big favorites to win, particularly at home uh, at minus 120. I'm actually going to go with that. I think Arsenal will win at home. To advance, interestingly enough, their odds are absolutely equal, minus 110 and minus 110. I think... I can't tell you who I think is going to advance. We'll have to wait and see how this match plays out. All right, those are my picks. So I say take Chelsea... Take Arsenal, take both home teams here for the League Cup games. All right, let's talk about the other big story that's roiling, literally roiling the world of football. Gianni Infantino doubling down on this nonsense about having a World Cup every two years. Now, I just don't understand why he thinks that is going to happen. Even that, what, what what he is forcing is he is forcing a big issue with UEFA. And the results of that will be essentially a civil war within the world of football. In order to fire the next salvo, (laughs) Infantino has said, well, oh yeah, of course, but if you have the (coughs) World Cup every two years, you've got to have the Euros every two years. That is ridiculous. Listen to what Infantino says. He says, in Europe, there's resistance because there's a World Cup every week with the leagues and the best players in the world. But that isn't the case for the rest of the world. It's a month, a year. We need to find a way to include the whole world in football. He then said, the idea for a biennial World Cup, well, it's not my idea. It's FIFA's idea. Oh, that's rubbish. He says, 88% of the countries, including the majority of those in Europe, have asked for the study and the study tells us from a sporting point of view, 
World Cup every two years would work. There would be few international matches with a bigger impact. He says he has enough votes to increase the frequency of the World Cup from every four years to two. UEFA have said they're going to boycott any additional tournament. That's Alexander Seferin, Seferin the uh, UEFA boss. Don't, don't forget, Infantino used to be the boss of UEFA as well. And folks, we are headed for a massive, massive fight. Gianni Infantino took over FIFA largely with the support of many of the secondary tertiary teams, countries in FIFA. And, and, and by that, I'm, li- I'm not being disrespectful because you, you know the best teams in the world are in Europe and CONMEBOL. And that's it. And by CONMEBOL, I'm really talking about Argentina and Brazil and largely Brazil these days. And yes, the rest of the world is outside looking in, of course. Because just like when I was a boy and went to school, and you would take your exams, and they would post the results of the exams up on the bulletin board for everybody to see, there was only one person that could be number one. And there was only one person that would be at the bottom of the list. And it sucked if you were in the bottom of the list, but it gave you motivation to move up the to move up the ladder, right? This idea that well, is global football now becoming uh, like AYSO, where everyone just gets participation trophies? Is that what we're trying to do? How is a World Cup every two years going to help those teams? It's going to make FIFA more money. That money will then go into the morass, get distributed out to the member nations, and many of those very nations that Gianni Infantino is hoping to help that money will get mired in corruption and loss. And there will be no fundamental change at all. The fact of the matter is you need leagues that are above and beyond everything else, that are aspirational. So tell me something, Gianni. How is it that a team like Liverpool is going to lose three of their best players to the African Cup of Nations? And I'm not complaining about the African Cup of Nations, The point I'm making is that there are players being developed from all over the world. From Guinea, from Egypt, from Cameroon. From Nigeria. We see players from Japan. You see players from everywhere in the top leagues in the world. Gianni, it doesn't need... But the fact is, there are not that many players in those countries, enough of them to make a a massive move with a national team. Look at England, for God's sake. England haven't won the World Cup since 1966. So spare me this bullcrap. Tell us what this is really about. You know what this is about. It's about Moolah. It's about making money for FIFA. I'm sorry. It is corrupt. It is bad. It is a terrible organization. And it needs to change or go. Even better, destroy FIFA and build it up with something different. 
Those are my thoughts. All right. Uh, what else do we have uh, going around? Let's. We have to talk about Man United. You know, Ralph Ragnick comes in. Oh God. You know, only going to Solskjaer is gone, uh, and uh, Ragnick comes in, and they kind of look better, and then boom! All of a sudden, they lose to Wolves. And that just shows you just how much work Manchester United have to do to get back. And I'm sorry, Cavani and Ronaldo cannot save this team. This is a not very good team. Despite the fact that they've spent gazillions of dollars on players. Who do you blame? You can't blame the Glazers. Maybe you can blame the Glazers for some of their football executive picks, but you certainly can't blame them for their desire and their willingness to open the checkbook and sort of sign players like Ronaldo. Right? And and, and, and let's not forget, shall we? Let me... uh, Let me just give you this little little thing here before we run out of time here. Harry Maguire. Remember that a couple of years ago? Oh, my God, who's going to get Harry M- Maguire? You know, big name. Paul Pogba. Varane. Bruno Fernandes. Scott McTominay. Remember that? Then they've got Cavani and Rashford and Martial and Ronaldo and of course, the big signing, Jaden Sancho. And you know what? They're still awful. All right, I've got to go to break, come back, wrap it up. We're going to talk about Man United some more. But that's what happens when a club has no soul, my friends. No soul. They've been killing themselves, supporters and ownership, for too long. Be right back after this. All right, just a couple of minutes left here on World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. No souls, what I'm telling you. United have no soul. Once Alex Ferguson left, this club just has been chasing its tail. They've been a club in need of an identity. And, you know, I never thought the identity of Manchester United would be so incredibly tied to Sir Alex Ferguson. But I think that is, in fact, what we're seeing. This club has not recovered from the departure of Alex Ferguson. And and it was to be expected that there would be a very, very long transition period. But I don't think anybody expected it would go on this long. This is a great topic for almost a whole show. And we're going to pick up on that and carry forward with it. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with the nature of global football anyhow. And the fact that the desire to win today has largely been at the expense of the stars of tomorrow coming up through the systems. If you look at the United... um, Look at the United um, glory days and how many of those players actually came up through the United system itself. That system really doesn't exist. And by the way, it's not just with United. It's with many of the absolute top teams, those teams aspiring to be you know, uh, absolutely the best teams on the planet. They have sort of sold their proverbial future 
for the gains of immediacy. And as a result, you know, those players that come up through the system that are inculcated and bred uh, the club crest, those players are fewer and far between. And now you're getting players that are really just brought in for the moolah, brought in for the quick win, brought in for today, uh, be damned with tomorrow. All right, well, that is certainly a discussion that we need to be having and one we will continue to have on the show. Hope you'll join me each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. We're presented by betonline.ag. I'll be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime, find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Have a great, great evening. And remember, <laughs> FA Cup, League Cup, we've got a good week ahead of us before we come back to the Premier League. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.